Welcome to Have You Seen This, the podcast about obscure, overlooked, and misbegotten cinema. All discussions will be spoiler heavy. You have been warned. seen this i'm jennifer albright and i'm tim heiderich with braces <laughs> be patient with the boy yeah he just he just got new rubber bands on his braces yeah i know it's 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 kind of awkward when you record a podcast that your s's are a little slippery we'll try not to force you into too many sibilants right <laughs> but there are worse things than braces i'll watch say. out for snakes yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have a special guest today. Uh, it's Kathor Jensen, uh, writer and culture expert. <laughs> uh, everyone's an expert these days. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Thor? We're talking about uh, the 2010 computer animated film adaptation of the video game series Wonder Boy, which you have never heard of because it was never officially released. Yeah, let's not call it a film um, or it's kind of a, a collection or a of events. Yeah. Yeah, it's a collection of pixels. A mishmash of cutscenes. Yeah. Which I mean, actually, all these scenes should have been cut, but that's beside the point. Yeah, watching it feels like blacking out every thirty seconds. So, what um, beloved franchise was this based on, Thor? So, the Wonder Boy franchise is. Uh, it's one that uh, was originated by the company Sega in the 1980s. And there's a strange history behind it in that they hired a third party, a company called Weststone, to actually program the game. And then they told that company, you can sell this game to other people, but you have to change all the characters. So Weststone took all of the Wonder Boy games they made from Sega, and then they would sell them to other companies to put their own characters in. Like in Brazil all of the Wonder Boy games are reskinned with this famous Brazilian comic book character named Monica in the lead role. Okay. So, so it's... Monica from Friends. <laughs> yes. She's really She's... popular there, yeah. <laughs> she got the first Brazilian. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... I'm aware that that's a thing that kind of happens in video games and that, like, they'll have, like, a game, but it isn't, like, branded to anything, and then they'll be like, oh, I got this, like, you know, car racing game, be like, okay, well, put a DuckTales license on that, now it's a DuckTales racing game, or, or whatever, so it seems like they're just trying to get the most bang for their, their coding buck by, by reskinning this every time with a new, new license every time. The interesting thing is, is that um, my impression is that Wonder Boy wasn't even that popular a franchise. I mean, it lasted a few years, but, you know, it's not something that immediately springs to mind. But Well, I heard of it last week when you pitched the episode <laughs> idea, so... So, how did we get from Wonder Boy the game to Wonder Boy the misbegotten pile of pixels? So that's the interesting thing about Wonder Boys. It's a Sega game, and Sega was always second place here in the United States. Sure. But in Europe and Brazil, Sega won. Nintendo was always in second place. So Wonder Boy hmm. in the British Sonic the Hedgehog comic, which was innovatively titled Sonic the Comic, Wonder Boy had his own comic series. Was that like, Wonder this, Boy the comic? Or? <laughs> no, it was in the, like within the pages of Sonic the comic. You also got Wonder Boy the comic. So like these characters actually do have relevance. And the producer of Wonder Boy, the motion picture, is a man named Robin Morningstar, which I doubt is his birth name, but if it is, spectacular. <laughs> and uh, he's a British guy. So British people have more of a connection to this franchise. I wouldn't say it's like a Legend of Zelda level franchise over there, but they're definitely like, it's bigger to them than it is to us. That's kind of a low bar, but yeah, it sounds like it, it, it at least resonated with, with one curious Briton. Right. And then he teamed up with a curious German who is very familiar to fans of bad movies, our friend Dr. Uwe Boll. <laughs> yeah. Who had already worked with Sega to get the rights to another Sega game, The House of the Dead, which he made a truly unwatchable film out of. 
That's kind of the funny thing about the story of Wonder Boy is that Uwe Boll is involved in this, and he's not the worst part of it. <laughs> Absolutely not. This this movie makes him look like Kubrick. It's a, on a totally different level. Yeah, he had the discretion of bowing out, whereas the, I guess, uh, less, uh, less level-headed filmmakers decided to forge ahead. Yeah, I the- take it that um, Uwe Boll got frustrated with not being able to secure the rights out of the project and Robin Morningstar forged ahead in spite of not having the rights is that correct yeah and so what's fascinating about this and I've been doing some research leading up to this to try to trace this path is that his next step to produce this film was teaming up with a 70 year old woman in Kansas City Missouri that would be my first choice, yeah. So that's who Lucinda McNary is, I'm Yes, guessing. Lucinda McNary runs a company called Two Moon Graphics that says they produce high-quality computer-animated movies. And well, I've got tw- to go write a Yelp review. I'll be back. <laughs> the tool she uses to produce these high-quality computer-animated movies is the massively multiplayer online game Second Life. I knew it! I knew it! Okay, so how many Lindens do you think this movie cost? How many Linden dollars? (laughs) It is hard to say. So when you watch Wonder Boy, knowing this, it explains a ton of the things that this movie does wrong. Because it's Uh, being... (laughs) Yeah, it's being virtually acted out in this, you know, incredibly outdated clunky space that's typically used for furry cyber yiffing. Yeah, I, I'm knowing now that it was made in Second Life, I'm surprised that I did not see one single dog dick in the entire movie. <laughs> one could argue that actually the temple that the movie starts in looks like it's composed out of yeah. uh, a of dog dicks, so maybe that's where they hit them. That's true. There was one very seductive shot of a horse's ass, so maybe that was just I don't know, uh, Lucky, lucky coincidence. The magnificent slow motion horses. Yeah. Well, um, so Second Life, um, I think that its uh, heyday is somewhat past. It still exists, though, correct? Oh yeah, people still still use it. Uh, you know, they hang Nazis hang out there and furries right. hang out there and weird virtual biker gangs hang out there. They're super great. Yeah. Uh, wow, it sounds but... as good as Twitter. <laughs> as long it's as pos- they're perverts, there will always be Second Life. <laughs> oh yeah, and it, it's it's a great. Well, I mean, Second Life is beautiful because it was such a like a late '90s, early 2000s version of what people thought like the ideal online experience would be. It's just like real life, only you can make your dick as big as you want. <laughs> uh, I can finally be that uh, wolf named you know Darius. <laughs> right, so, that I've always felt was inside me. And people tried to use it for all kinds of things, like corporations for a brief while were setting up like Second Life offices where you could come and have virtual visits. And so that stuff is all, you know, fallen by the wayside because nobody wants to do it. So now Second Life is just populated by total weirdos like this 70-something grandmother in Kansas City who uses it to make films. And she has a YouTube channel. And it's just full of these Second Life movies. Oh, Lord. Uh, Like Dreams or something like it. Tangent, Vaturin, <laughs> uh, those... sweet, sweet Boogan Love. Oh my like, god. It sounds like this it... 70 year old woman has a, a massive body of work that needs exploring. So, <laughs> what's fascinating about this is that Wonder Boy is by far her longest piece of work. Mm. Like, most of her films are oh, short. It's a piece so, of work, all right. <laughs> what must have happened here is that. Robin Morningstar wanted to produce get this film produced. He'd written it, he was excited about it, he was, you know, had that childhood attraction, affection for the character, so he somehow, through some wonderful Yelp stroke of luck, hooked up with this grandmother in Kansas City who could make this movie for him. Yeah, and we should mention that um, the crew on this movie, such as it is, is entirely either Robin Morgenstar or Lucinda McNary. I mean, she... I, th- I think she's credited as editor, yeah. uh, cinematographer... Whoever isn't a director is a producer, and whoever yeah. isn't, like, an animation director is an editor, and on and on. 
Yeah, like she did. She did the sound effects. Uh, she did the special effects. Uh, I'm making sound, giant air quotes here. Sound effects meaning she googled scream.wav. <laughs> the sound effects are one of my favorite parts about this movie. I think when there's people screaming and it's for obviously from a football game and you can hear the referee's whistle in the background. Yeah, yeah that's what, because there was a point when I said, why are they at an NFL game? <laughs> or then there's one part where a baby is crying and I swear it loops like 15 times in a row and it's just gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, there's a really like long kind of dolly in shot. I guess you're supposed to be sympathetic about like the woman and her child being carted off or something, but it's just like this shot is taking forever to finish. Yeah, it really needs to be said. Um At least the baby wasn't dancing anyway. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. good job. I'm surprised that we didn't see like a rotating email gif <laughs> in the middle of it. But... Well, I think the closest thing the game has to the rotating uh, email gif is the mecha dragon at the end with its display, its head-mounted <laughs> triangular display of binary numbers, which to, for me, I think that's the point where this became one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> now, I'm not familiar with Wonder Boys. Like the silver dragon with like the Devo hat triangle thing is that is that canon or that is canon? There <laughs> is a mecha dragon in the game, and so that's the this, the crazy thing about this movie is that the Wonder Boy games are not plot heavy per se. You move to the right and hit things with a sword. That sounds like every a cartridge once... platformer. Yeah, yeah, platformer. Uh, and every once in a while, you can spend money on a better sword if you so desire. So the fact that they you know the the narrative that you have here with Wonder Boy and falling into the magical or you know falling into the magical immortality water and all that is not anywhere reflected in the game. So it's fascinating to me that the only things that are sort of from the game world are the last like ten or fifteen minutes. They seem to have, with. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. No, they seem to have lifted a bunch of stuff from Legend of Zelda because there's an ocarina at one point. Uh, well. <laughs> Uh, At least I didn't play the, the forest theme or anything. Yeah, I was uh, waiting for him to call a Pona. But, um, I love that sequence, too, because a, a lesser director would have had you know, had her play the, the musical instrument, which looks more like a vape pipe than Ocarina to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the music would have played and the door would have opened. But, you know, Lucinda McNabb, or McNary, sorry, Lucinda McNary actually shows the musical notes visually... <laughs> coming out of the vapor Garena and entering the mouth of the lion head on the door before I, it opened. I remember Tim pointing out, gee, I wish there were a way to indicate in a film that music is playing. Yeah, it's just beyond me. Like, you obviously have to show it visually or else no, no one will understand that there's a song playing. And I think that's what I love about this movie is it, it's, you know, plot-wise, it's a very simple, you know hero MacGuffin villain wants to get it first there's a girl there's a shocking reveal at the end like all of the plot elements are these sort of time-honored tropes but they're they're presented in a way that's so alien yeah like everything is wrong the way people move is wrong Mm -hmm. the way they speak to each other is wrong and like just you you'll watch it and there'll be a line of dialogue delivered and then the pause before the next line is so Arduous. Yeah, the, the, the pacing just... in this movie is... It's one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. Like, just these agonizing pauses that even Pinter would have said, like, ah, it's a bit much. Yeah, and even then, like, just the laborious dialogue, just... And, and how that doesn't match to, like, anyone's body language. It's like, <laughs> the, the music doesn't match the body language, doesn't match the dialogue, doesn't match the facial expressions, doesn't match, like the affect of the person speaking it, it's just like everything about every part of this film is wrong yeah, yeah I, really chaos need to, I really need to make it clear to the people listening and we've covered some kind of dodgy films on the podcast before we um, watched mad dog time for christ's sake yeah and i i thought mad dog time was well it was up until that point to till last night the worst thing that we'd ever watched for the podcast this one streaks ahead of it by far um and we have covered very weird shit 
on the podcast. Like, for example, Vile Pervert, the movie made by Jonathan King, the producer. The Passion Project, to be sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, Although I guess this but, is as well. Well. I don't know who's worse, the director of this or a pedophile, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well Morning Star grandmother, does... and I mean, I I would love to know, and I've actually reached out to her, and I hope she responds. Maybe we can record a little code to this. Mm-hmm. How much she got for this? Oh, dude, if you hear what from her, the... if you hear from her, we will do a follow up. <laughs> what is the market value of Wonder Boy? <laughs> yeah, and the thing, um, but most importantly, I really need people to understand that this is true outsider art. Well, yeah, I mean, it's someone who has no idea what they're doing, but just, like, really loves a particular franchise or a particular character. Because watching it is one of the most frustrating and off-putting experiences that I've ever had. Because it's really hard to convey how completely removed it is from traditional notions of... Narrative? World built, yeah. Nar- uh, I mean, there is a story, but the way of telling a story, the way of directing actors to convey information or an emotion, everything is so orthogonal to what they're trying to say. You know, I know that Wonder Boy is supposed to be this kind of cool, sarcastic hero guy, but he moves like he has a neurological disease. Except the, for when he's, like, sliding around. Yeah, his lady elf sidekick, I understood maybe 5% of what she said. Because her... What was that accent she was doing? I don't, like, I don't know if that's a doing accent. I think that might be a having accent. Oh, I think no! A... <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I'm watching it, and, you know, knowing that he's English, I'm like, can an English person do a bad British accent? <laughs> Like, is it possible? Because that's what I feel oh, like yeah, I'm hearing. Because Robin, um, Robin Morningstar plays the hero and the villain, doesn't he? Yes, I believe so. Oh, he's so multifaceted. <laughs> he's a regular David and, Warner in that dual role. And the other thing I'd really like to know is if the voice actors were actually playing Second Life as they recorded the film. Because oh, that's there a good are question. certainly times where there are audio cut-ins that it sounds like somebody's speaking through a headset mic, like, directly into Second Life. The the headset mic thing does definitely come across because the audio is that poor quality. So I never considered that, like, we're watching a live performance of, <laughs> of 3D graphics, you know, played in Second Life. Although that does, again, make kind of... make sense it doesn't excuse it but it does explain it (laughs) in that like because there are times when there are characters who are you know standing across from each other just kind of muttering their dialogue and one of them like takes a swing at the other one without any kind of break in in their in their cadence or without (laughs) you know or their conversation it's just like have at the slice if you aren't careful i'm going to stab you whack and just like (laughs) i your actions and your words are are kind of at odds with each other. I'm saying I'm confused. I think it, it's fair to say that Lucinda McNary doesn't do second takes, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, uh, you know, I mean, if you're using virtual actors, you know, you could you could potentially work them into the ground. They never get tired. Yeah. So I guess really what we're doing is we're watching a playthrough of Second Life. Yeah. This is Twitch directs morning. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Wonder Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if this were made by people with talent, it could almost be like a new frontier of... Uh, Is it a frontier worth exploring, though? That's maybe right. the real question. Like, live ma- live manipulation of digital characters, but it's, yeah, it's, here it's complete ass. So. Yeah, it's, it's clipping the movie. <laughs> it's just times that people have like moved through each other and through tree trunks oh it's spectacular so one of the things i love about making this in second life is here's a little bit of second life geekery for you is that when you purchase an object in second life it has an animate it has animations attached to it so your person can use that object whether it's a dildo or (laughs) a walkman or whatever or a dildo or a butt plug the villain of this movie the hatchet that he purchased that he uses his main weapon has a single animation attached to it Mm-hmm. So every time that he swings that hatchet, you'll hear, you'll see the exact same animation, the exact same, and hear the exact same sound effect. So the final <laughs> fight of the two of them, and I think Wonder Boy's sword also has one single animation attached to it as well. 
Mm. So the combat in this movie, especially the climactic battle between the two of them, is literally them doing the same motion at each other over and over again, and then occasionally one of them will face the wrong direction and do it the wrong direction. <laughs> so that's why that is, is because they these characters aren't like 3D models that are rigged to be like freely moved around. They have preset animations that are dependent on the objects they're holding. It, it would take me an entire second life to wrap my head around how someone thought this was a good idea. <laughs> well, I guess if it's uh, the only tool that you really know how to use. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, well... And, I mean, let's be real. Like, 3D modeling software is, like, expensive. Yeah, I thought it was just <laughs> someone who was lazy and didn't know what they were doing. But it's, it's, it's like, not even editing your film. It's just, like, shooting whatever's in the camera. Yeah, and like showing it's that, like, be like in, yeah, here it's, we go. It's literally like in-camera editing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's highly possible that this was clipped together out of scenes that she recorded. Certainly, because we do, you know, we change location. Yeah. On occasion, and you know, so we and what beautiful locations as well. Oh, yeah, as Lord. Tim pointed out, even in the virtual world, they have cheap sets. <laughs> yeah, the giant Dong Cathedral. <laughs> There's that ladder that they kind of slide down, I guess, because they don't really climb. I think my favorite set piece, though, has to be the minecart sword fight, where the <laughs> minecart, they turn 90 degrees instantaneously to stay on the track. That was, for me, I could watch that forever. It could, they could loop that for me, and yeah. I would I would eat like, it up. Step aside light cycles from Tron. Right. <laughs> That's exactly that. <laughs> Yeah, and um, one of the limitations of Second Life is, you know, obviously because, um, you know, it's just meant to be a game where people interact, um, you can't really finely manipulate any aspects of the characters. Like, um... Yeah, like you're saying, like, some objects only have one animation with them, and I, and when characters are interacting, they aren't interacting with any nuance. Like, there's that girl who, when she's upset, she's like paws at her head like she's got a bee in her bonnet. Yeah, she does, like, a curly thing. <laughs> yeah, like, um, and it explains why there are certain... Well, I mean, I actually don't know how they did it, because I don't know Second Life, but there are these moments where the characters actually turn their heads, but it looks like they're doing this weird slow burn. <laughs> yes. It's so off-putting. It's sort of like Jack Benny. Yeah. Like, like... Are, you getting, are you getting a load of this? When it's, you think about it, to trigger any of those emotes or motions or facial expressions, they have to enter a command on their keyboard. <laughs> so they're typing frown, and then the <laughs> frown happens. So that's why there's, the, there's the, the sort of pacing of all these moments. Like, there's a couple, like, beautiful close-up scenes of Wonder Boy's face where he runs through, like, two emotions, and they take it takes, like, 30 to 45 seconds for the whole thing to happen. Okay, that, because they have to... Yeah, not knowing that about Second Life was what had me so baffled about all this because I, I didn't realize that it was basically, you know, lag that was ruining my yeah. cinematic experience. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And that's why the conversations are so weirdly awkward. And that's why I think that the voice actors were in there doing it with them because how else can you explain the glacial pauses in between lines of dialogue? And two, like, I, I feel like not only are the tools ill-suited for their purpose, but also, like, looking at the credits on the end, I mean, this is a, a different problem, but it's possible that they're perhaps stretched too thin in their sort of artistic efforts, in that you can't type and act and move and emote and on and on and on. Well, and it right. sort of begs the question, like, did they even realize that they could edit? I mean, you don't have to let a protracted Second Life scene play out as is. You could potentially cut it to make it yeah, move the, a little more. Is, but then the, I guess you wouldn't have a movie that's an hour and a half long, which is feature length. So you might as well just leave it all in. Right. Yeah, this is kind of the, the virtual version of, of shooting in the master. Yeah. 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 They don't bother to like shoot coverage or anything it's just like i yeah, just shoot it how it is yeah because how would you get a camera angle that you wanted in second life i mean I... so go ahead what's happening in my opinion is lucinda mcnary is the camera okay. her second life avatar is the camera amazing uh. <laughs> and that explains why the 
Because, you know, we've all had that experience playing a, a game with a camera where you're like, oh, fuck, like, I'm turned around, I don't want, I'm not looking where I want to be. Yeah. You know? And then you have to get, like, situated so you're actually looking at what you want to look at. Yeah, like that right. cloud level in Mario 64. Like, imagine if you were making, like, a live-action movie and you just took your cameraman and periodically, like, spun him around in a circle yeah. <laughs> and then gave him a shove and said, like, okay, now film. Yeah. I'm the star of the scene and I'm also directing the camera. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's kind of how <laughs> it comes across. There are some wildly unpleasant whip pans in this movie. Yeah. Where it's just like, you guys are like, oh, fuck, I gotta see this. <laughs> <laughs> and some head turns that are at that same velocity, too. Mm-hmm. Which is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, um, there's really no middle ground for any pacing of any action or anything it's just it's either like blindingly fast or horses gallop in slow motion yeah and and not only synchronized to each other also yeah Yeah, those are some well-trained troops on the baddies side because they all walk in lockstep (laughs) they've drilled i think my favorite thing about that is if you watch the scene uh, in the mayor's office or the mayor's like meeting at the town there are people sitting in the crowd and they're all making the same hand gestures together as they listen to the speech, it's it's beautiful, and and they're, they're all they're all like that same kind of like like rah rah let's go kind of gesture too. That I see <laughs> that's the only gesture anyone seems to make throughout the movie. Yeah, and it's like it's like a gesture you'd see in like a a forties movie about kids going let's put on a show. Yeah, <laughs> and He's in a way that's what's happening here. And to be fair, Lucinda McNary is 70, so this is her frame of reference. Yeah, yeah. This is all coming together. (laughs) And the funny thing is that seeing those three characters, because there's one on the front, and then in that same scene in, like, the town hall, there's one in the front, and there's two in the back. So as they're making all the gestures together, I kind of imagine that the two in the back are like, yeah, here's here's you. (laughs) (laughs) You're dumb, this guy looks. Hey guys, let's go! <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um. There's a credit at the end which says it was made with iClone Four. Do you is, know what that is? Is that a virus or <laughs> the only explanation? iClone. So I'm looking here. It looks like iClone Four is an animation program, but made by Realusion. Dot com. I have no idea what this is. Because hmm. I thought that maybe, um, I thought that oh. either they were using like a really just like basement level simple animation tool, or you know, now that you mentioned like it's like pretty much Second Life, like iClone is some kind of weird like cheapy editing software or something, but it doesn't seem like there's any editing either. So I don't know, unless it's just like the kind of thing where you just drop clips in a timeline. Oh, so iClone people use to create stuff. Okay. So it looks like iClone works with Second Life to like do facial fitting, character motion editor. So maybe I think that there's crossover between the two. Oh, so they probably, um, because, you know, if you want to make specifically Wonder Boy, you would build him in that and then you can put the character in a Second Life and move him around. Highly possible. It looks like it also has a special effects wizard. So maybe that's that. So you can make lava that looks like red smoke. <laughs> and and you, blood that looks like red smoke. And you can make water that just sits on top of grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like you can make your animations. So in Second Life, you have to import the animations from somewhere when you make them. Right. Uh, and so a lot of people use Poser, which has been the choice of perverts for generations. But it looks like iClone is something else that you can use that. Okay, so that would make sense. So it looks like there's a little a little bit of extra software. I think it might even cost $100. Holy shit. Someone sunk $100, probably, and that's it, into this movie. $100 in, like, God knows how many hours of well, shouting time... into a gaming headset microphone. I think it's clear that their time is not worth anything. <laughs> so, Thor, does... Uh, what is Robin Morningstar's background? Uh, does he have a list of credits? Does he have a IMDb page? Oh my god. <laughs> well, I have an IMDb page, so, you know, it ain't no thing. I have an IMDb <laughs> yeah. page, yeah. So, uh, he actually has done another video game 
movie based on another Sega game that was also not popular in any way. It's called Chacon the Forever Man, which is also about a character who cannot die. <laughs> That's so. I like that there's no sort of a danger that this character is going to face. Yeah. That's good. It's yeah. very safe. Well, that's the best thing about Wonder Boy is they're having a big climax. He's having a fight with the henchman at the end, and he like gets his butt kicked. He's like, oh, wait, I'm immortal. And he just like jumps to his death like on the floor below where he was trying to get to. So <laughs> Robin Morningstar's IMD page is brilliant because it has trivia, and you know that you write your own trivia. Right. And right. some of Robin Morningstar's trivias are... People are dying was, to know. <laughs> ...was trained by a former Navy SEAL. <laughs> and... Is a gay rights activist, although heterosexual. Hmm. Oh, he's a good ally. Yeah. Good ally. <laughs> yes. So. I he's... want to know how many katanas this man owns. <laughs> I would say probably several. So. <laughs> Just look at the head of his bed. That's where they all are. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like he he basically does writes video game adaptations write screenplays for video game adaptations that don't get produced. <laughs> and I don't think he's actually hired to do these things. I think he just does it because he wants to. Right. Well, yeah, like, for example, with Wonder Boy, he, in spite of not actually having the rights, he just went ahead and made it. So he takes fan fiction to a whole lower level, really. <laughs> to the basement. Yeah. He isn't just wasting, you know, time and effort writing this. He's actually putting... I don't know, money into it and wasting a lot more of people's time. <laughs> Thor, how did you find this movie? So somebody tweeted about it. There's a, a Tumblr page where some guy really went into detail on the the background of this movie. And I had never heard of it. And I think that to me was so fantastic that like lovers of bad movies, you know, there's a canon. Yeah. You know, there's there's the movies that we know. There's the Troll 2s and the Rooms and all that that we, you know, they're in the canon. And they're, but to have something like this come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, the fact that this was, like, totally... And I had played Wonder Boy as a kid. I remember this series fondly. It's fun. So the fact, like, oh, this guy loved it so much <laughs> that he made an unauthorized CGI movie of it. Yeah. You know, for me... Which is nigh impossible to follow. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. There's a, I mean, speaking of that, and just like the utter ineptness in it, I was reading uh, a thing that Dan Harmon wrote about uh, sort of like shitty filmmaking. And one of them is, is just about like the amount of work that the audience has to do to keep up is always going to like take, take them out of the story. Like if you make it effortless so that, you know, dialogue flows naturally and one scene, you know, flows to the next and you, you aren't jarred by, you know, background audio or something like that, then the audience just kind of relax and can go along with it. But this is, it's constantly assaultive in that, like, the animation jumps forward and back and, and the, and things repeat and the audio doesn't match up with the actions and, and just, like, it's, it's this complete mess that keeps jarring you out of it, at least just every few seconds. Yeah, trying to piece together the plot of this film was agony. I, I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened in it. There was a there's not, not least of which again like the the headphone quality <laughs> uh, dialogue or audio yeah the 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 audio's bad the accents are bad um, I get I don't know it's um, but um, one of the 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 point that I wanted to get to is like how truly underground this movie is because it's literally you can you can watch it but it's an unlisted video on right. YouTube. If you search, and it's it was uploaded under the name Blunder Joy, <laughs> which, you know, is just fairly apt. A deft dodge of copyright. Yeah. Um, so if you just search for that, you're not going to find it. Um, the way we were able to see it was, Thor, you wrote about it for Geek.com, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you go, if you, uh, go to Geek.com um, and read Thor's article on Wonder Boy, there is a link to the film. Um, don't be like me. Get baked or drunk or something before you watch it. Yeah, don't watch this Stone Cold Sober. <laughs> You'll regret it. Oh, it, my gosh. I just visited the article, and I see a comment on the article oh, that I says... Oh, did, I did see this. Is this from, uh, what's his name? Uh, Franco Leon? I think it might be from Franco Leon. It says, this, my friend, is not the finished version. 
but an unauthorized put-together of snippets and rushes to make a complete film. Do your research and get your facts right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see the final work then. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't work from this to make a final project. You'd have to scrap this and make a real animatic. But um, tell us who Ferenco Leone is. I don't know that much about him, and uh, that's his only comment ever posted anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You made him you made him mad enough that he had to comment online for the first time ever. Yeah, so I'm gonna guess it's Ferenco Leone. Uh, so Furanko is a uh, sort of uh, fake Japanese, is what you call the Romanji version of the name Frank. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, so it's, it's possible that we're dealing with a with a with a weeb here. <laughs> it, uh, there, there's a possibility. Yes. Yeah. But this yeah. W- so it's 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 hard to say exactly who this person is well this was something that i the question too is like if he's seen the final version like bestow it upon us well this was something that i noticed when i was researching um because the the name franco leon came up and i might have to to trim a little bit while i um while i dig this up um because there was a there's an interview with uh, Robin Morningstar that I think was published in a game magazine and I think oh, they mention yeah. I think they, he mentions Franco Leone in it but let me let me let me dig it up really quick it is kinda- oh I found it okay um, I don't know I don't know what okay this was from a magazine called retro gamer um, and for some reason they interviewed Robin Morningstar because he's such a big wheel I'm like okay fine maybe they had to fill some page space. Yeah, they had one ad pulled out, and they're like, all right, run <laughs> and, the Morningstar interview, I guess. <laughs> and they, the, the question is, how have the fans responded to the script? Um, and he, Robin Morningstar's response is, they love it. I sent it to the biggest Wonder Boy fan site on the net, <laughs> www.geocities.com slash Wonderboyland. <laughs> oh, my. And the webmaster, Franco Leone... <gasps> Had a few ah. issues with some of the names I'd made up and tossed a few geek moments my way, but other than that, it went down well. I named a character Ferenku in his honor. <laughs> wow. I think we're due for a trip to GeoCities. Or can you get there via second GeoCities line? doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> this is, when did, um, does anybody remember when GeoCities shut down? Oh, uh, shoot. I, I, I had a website on there. Oh, oh no! Oh no, my uh, my revolutionary girl Utena fan art site. <laughs> oh, all my poetry lost forever. My Tarantino expanded universe screenplays. This is fascinating. So I'm actually looking at Franco Leone's deviant art page right now, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> spill, spill. And there's I, lots of Wonder Boy. There's a Mecha Dragon. There's a comic. So you could actually, if you if you go to foxman07.deviantart.com, you'll be able to see lots of wow, lots of pretty intense. We're gonna need Wonder Boy arts from 2001. <laughs> so this is a guy who is obviously, I think, was the biggest Wonder Boy fan at the time of that article's writing, and I think he's the biggest Wonder Boy fan still. Yeah, well, Wonder Boy certainly struck a chord with this man. Franco Leone, if you're listening, please drop us a line. Yeah, let <laughs> yeah. us know more of what you know about this project, because if this is not been a, if it's an unauthorized put together of snippets of rushes, who got 90 minutes of Wonder Boy? And what are we not seeing? Were there are there are there bloopers? Are are there perhaps sound effects? Because those fight scenes are are completely silent. Yes. <laughs> oh, they were they were going to get to that, but uh <laughs> my favorite fight scene moment is the first fight scene against the assassins or whatever in the bog. Oh, it's music. Music is beautiful because a theme plays a sort of piano theme that's quite jaunty for the situation. And then it ends, it has a climax at the end like sort of halfway through the fight, and then it starts up again at twice the speed and plays again at double speed. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know it's getting intense. 
Yeah, right. it's, uh... and then it, then it ends again, and then we have some silence for a little bit before another another theme starts again midway through a scene. George so Lucas came in and know, said, "Faster, more intense." Right? Is this this was seven years ago? Has there been a, a higher quality cut I've... of Wonder Boy produced since then? They're if putting it in 4K. <laughs> Absolutely, a remaster for the, the way it was meant to be seen. <laughs> That so, same scene with the assassins too. I love how lackadaisical those arrows are. They're just kind of like, slow. Yeah, everything. Well, physics isn't really a thing so much right. in the universe of Wonder Boy. Yeah, but you were saying. No, can we even sum up the plot of this movie? Because I can't. I can probably do it. You give it a shot. So a young man named Shion is killed protecting a magical spring of immortality. And because the villain, uh, whose name is Mar... It's like Marcus, pronounced really badly. It's Mar- Marakith. It, it's, <laughs> Is that another it's, weeaboo? Tim, you want to take really credit It's really lispy. So, <laughs> no, because, no, thank you. Because, Mar- because Marakith is very stupid, he <laughs> kicks his dead foe into the spring of immortality. Which brings him back to life with blue hair and bigger muscles eventually as Shion. And then, like, a hundred years go by, or several hundred years go by, yeah, and so. both of them are immortal. But also, one of his friends was, like, turned into a statue and then turned not into a statue anymore, so he's still around. Anyway, so <laughs> Matt has been ravaging the land and pissing people off, and he also has a daughter. And uh, so he wants to find the salamander cross, which is the only thing that can kill him. So nobody uses it to kill him. And then also Shion, Wonder Boy, who doesn't like to be called Wonder Boy. It's a big plot point that he really hates that people call him Wonder Boy, even babies, uh, (laughs) also wants to find it to kill Marukath. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a classic. And then you know, Shion makes a female companion who is an elf magic user who is also the village idiot somehow. And uh, she's and then the the twist, the shocking twist is that she is Marukith's other daughter, and he's pissed because he wanted a son, but he also murdered her mother with an axe in the probably the goriest scene in the movie. Anyway, it's a huge mess. So okay. it all climaxes in the bottom of a mine where the the salamander cross is and uh, she, Wonder Boy stabs Madokuth with the cross but he doesn't stab him with the cross in a way that I've ever seen anybody stabbed with a cross before and I've seen that a couple times at this point. He stabs him with one of the side parts yeah, of the cross. And then it just kind of gets stuck to him. Yeah, yeah. It, like it's sticky. Out. Yeah. Like it's covered in, um, like they're both covered in Velcro or something. Yeah, it's kind of a marshmallow cream cross. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. when um, shoot. What's the name? What's the name of uh, Marketha's the other daughter, the the elf girl who's um, yeah. stupid or something? It's like Tara. Tara. I love when um, her dad rejects her and she starts crying and she's crying in stereo or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> is, is she swatting at a bee on her head when she's crying? <laughs> so what's happening there is that the voice actress is crying, but then uh, Lucinda McNary is also putting sound effects of crying over the top of it. <laughs> She's like super double extra crying. Crying.mp3 go. <laughs> so I'm looking at ooh, I'm looking at IMDB and actress Kate Corbell who plays Tara is from Czechoslovakia. Good. Yeah. So uh, that that would make sense and she's actually had a, you know, a, a reasonable career as in, you know, a number of films. She's she's done okay. She has an official website. I assume oh. in her native language, though. Uh, he has an official website that's no longer on the internet, it looks like. Oh, well, gave it up. But, I mean, she has she has parts as recent as... Uh, what do we got? As recent as, like, 2015, 2016? Well, good for her. Yeah. She, she's uh, still working. Someone she, made it out alive. Yeah, she... Uh, she was unsullied by Wonder Boy, but you know, I I don't think anyone is really sullied by Wonder Boy because like about. I think we're the only people who've seen, seen it. Yeah. I I also want to say like I, from. There is a uh, a a link uh, 
again in your article about where you can buy it on Amazon.com, which is now a, a defunct link. But that does also have a summary of the film on it. Um, let's see. A forever young teenager and an immortal warlord both seek a magical cross, the one thing that will allow them to destroy the other for good. When sold by Amazon. Oh, no, no, sorry, that's the Amazon part of it. Never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's your capsule summary. Yeah, when sold by Amazon.com, this product will be manufactured on demand using DVDR recordable media. I don't think that figures into the story. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> So yeah, so it looks like there was an effort to sell this item, or it possibly just got scooped up by like an Amazon algorithm. Could be. Right. I wonder if anybody bought it. Well, I hope not, because it's not the finished work. Oh, I know, right? There's there's another video out there with sound effects, with editing, with dialogue that matches body language. (sighs) Yeah, Yeah. and I think it's obviously probably comes in at like 2, 2 2.15. Right, you know, yeah. it's, got, it's a much more epic story. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, it's personally, two fifteen. I'm going to hold out for the director's cut box set. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> See, it's it's interesting looking at the IMDb page for this, and like many of the actors in this film went on to keep doing work, and many of them, Wonder Boy is their first film. Well, like, I would... it was. Sorry, go ahead. It was a way to get into the industry for some people, I think. Well, I assume that um, you know the the thing about working on any project is that you you know make connections and friendships, and then you know you can later um, use those to work on further projects. You know, so maybe these people were actually able to network as a result of it. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. I mean, if uh, you know, Robin Morningstar is a guy who's like super into video game adaptations. Like, you know, I assume he has like a certain amount of hustle and. You know, he probably meets people in the industry, and you know maybe that maybe those people in the industry don't want to work with him, but they're like you know the people that uh, he's friends with. You know they seem somewhat normal. <laughs> they seem useful. <laughs> you know we'll work with them on something else. <laughs> now I have more of a uh, philosophical question um, about about this. Is is there anything, um, Jen or Thor, any sort of media that you would put this degree of misguided effort into? <laughs> into sort of maintaining maintaining its legacy or keeping it sort of in, uh, relevant in pop culture. When you say media, what do you mean? Like a media property or... Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if there's... Because clearly there was a video game that, you know, touched a person so deeply that they thought that it was deserving of a feature film. Is there, like, maybe a video game franchise or, or something that... I don't know. Thor, do you want to field that one? Because I gotta think. I mean, it's an interesting question because, yeah, I don't, I don't think that there's any. Well, I mean, I think that that brings us to the sort of the argument against video game movies and argument sort of transforming these experiential, you know, this media that's a very sort of interactive media into something that's a passive media. Like the stories in video games and the characters in video games are garbage. Yeah, like, they're, they're not really interesting. <laughs> it's not good to try to take them out of their their home and make them into something they're not so not a fan of the super mario brothers movie i take it i mean i I love the tiny heads (laughs) heads are great but oh my god right i'm sorry i am looking i found a page for lucinda mcnary and uh, uh it's on uh UK website called Movie Storm, which lets people post their homemade movies, and um, uh, here's a, a paragraph that I'm going to read to you because I think that there's going to be a sudden gasp okay. when I finish this sentence. Are you ready? I'm ready. Two of my movies, Many Kinds of Hunger and Yesterday, have played, appeared on Time Warner Cable TV, KC On Demand, Channel 113. Wonder Boy, written and and starring Robin Morningstar, who is now the new Highlander in the remake of Highlander The Reckoning, is due to be released soon. What? Uh, there's brackets and citation needed right after that, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, this just, we just, like, elevated to a whole nother level of delusion with this. <laughs> we have moved somewhere totally different. From a Second Life Wonder Boy. Why is this guy so obsessed with immortality? Oh, God, I didn't even put that together, but you're right. Huh. Yeah, like, literally 
everything that he works on like has like an immortal character at the center. I would tweet him and ask him, but his Twitter account is locked. Ah, maybe. Oh, maybe get him to follow you. <laughs> it's highly possible. So obviously, this is this is I think the next page in the book of Robin Morningstar. I, is the Highlander thing? A book that is ongoing, perhaps forever. <laughs> that would be funny if it turns out that he himself is immortal. Yeah. Well, he lives on through his work. Oh, that's true. Yeah, wow. Right. Well, I should also point out that um, Morningstar is another name for Lucifer. So that's true. I, I could I could believe that this film was made by Satan himself. <laughs> yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I I'm I'm having trouble thinking of a of a property that I would pursue with that amount of um just blind just misguided effort misguided devotion. I've always wanted to see an animated version of uh, Jeff Wayne's musical version of War of the Worlds. Do you guys know that album? No. I've probably inflicted no. it on you before, Tim. Right. Um, well, that's perfect, though. It's something no one's ever heard of <laughs> that you think is significant. I mean, it's sort of a cult album. Um, you right. know, it came out in the, the mid-'70s, um, and it has a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say, like, big stars on it, but it has, like, Justin Hayward and the Moody Blues and, you know. And there is, like, a stage show mm-hmm. that has toured. But um, I liked it enough to make my own storyboards for some scenes. That's something this movie could have used. Oh, Lord. Storyboards? Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, because, you know, if, um, if Franco Leone is right, and this is like an unfinished version, um, it begs the question of where they would have gone from there. I mean, it's true there's nowhere you can go but up. Yeah. But, tr- but with, imagine trying to make what? something out of what you have with Wonder Boy. You'd have to start over. Or or best just scrap it and move on to the next Highlander remake. Because it's like um you know, it reminds me of like um like on a much more massive scale, like, you know, just trying like trying to draw something like with a non pressure sensitive stylus. You just get frustrated and like and you're like, nah, I gotta like drawn a Cintiq or something. Yeah. You know, if you tried to make a movie in Second Life, you'd just be like, I, you know, these are not adequate tools for the job. Yeah, you would get this. It's yeah. Just... Like, you need, like, you need basic 3D modeling software. You need, you need, like, the tools to enable you to move those characters in such a way that their movements are comprehensible and convey emotion and information. Yeah, which is more than we have to work with here. I... <laughs> I also think that it's it's fitting that a lot of the information about this movie comes from like Tumblr and something awful. It, it seems very much of that time. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, again, like true outsider filmmaking. Yeah, I wasn't able to see what was on something awful. I don't know, Jen. Do you still have your account? Were you able to get in? No, someone. Um, I think someone grabbed a comment from something awful and like uploaded it to Dropbox. Yeah, that was just more more interpersonal drama. Yeah. Thor, did you follow any of that? Uh, I don't have a something awful account, never have. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wasted a lot of time on the essay forums back in the day. Precious but memories. We won't we won't speak of it. <laughs> it's all right. We all have our things. So, I actually do have an answer to the question posed after thinking about it for a bit. Do cool. tell. I would I would really love to see a film adaptation of uh, Polish writer Witold Gombrowicz's 1939 novel Possessed, which is, at its heart, it's a sort of parody of gothic horror where the only manifestation of anything supernatural is a napkin moving uh, on a bedpost. And it drives the residents of this sort of you know, classic gothic mansion haunted castle into an absolute abject frenzy. It makes them insane. And the whole thrust of the narrative is about how these people wrestle with this thing that is incredibly insignificant and minor. And I would love to see, I mean, it's a beautiful novel. He wrote it under a pseudonym and never took credit with it. It was only sort of unearthed after his death. And it's this brilliant super forgotten book that's totally nuts and incredibly funny and incredibly also terrifying and weird and i th- i would love to see 
some actual genius rediscover this and or maybe it's me maybe i'm that genius yeah and make something make something modern and beautiful about it let's all sign up for second life accounts (laughs) and we'll adapt it i mean obviously i mean hey you don't even have to get the rights yeah, Just look hey. at Robin Morningstar. He don't give a fuck. Yeah, is uh, Luis Buñuel working? Like, maybe he could direct it. <laughs> Reanimated Luis Buñuel. Tim, how would you answer the question you posed? Bring back Eek the Cat. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> That's what, that is a beloved cartoon franchise of my childhood that has been... Um, it was owned by, uh, like, Nelvana or Fox Kids or something. Got sold... Uh, to ABC. ABC is owned by Disney. It is sitting in a Disney vault in Burbank never to be seen again. And I think that is a fucking tragedy. That That is a legitimate tragedy. Yeah, and I, I know that like uh, uh, Curtis Armstrong did one of the, the voices of it and I, I would love to see him working again. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, so and Savage Steve Holland uh, also the director of Better Off Dead. I think that he has a, a great sense of humor that I would love to see more of. So, yeah, that's, it's not, you know, it's nothing amazing or highbrow, but I think that it was it was a great cartoon that we need to see more of. No, that's a good-ass answer, because that show is pretty funny. It is. It was great. Yeah, um, if, anybody, uh, if anybody works in the vaults... Yeah, sneak me out a copy. I'll buy the license. I don't care. Yeah, hell to the yeah. Like you know, Tim, when you uh, when you make your pile with the Silicon Valley app or something. Oh yeah. Like you know, that. you can buy the rights to eat the cat. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll trade it all in. <laughs> Just for eat the cat. Yeah, so I can watch Quadrupedia again. <laughs> I could actually see you pursuing the rights to eat the cat with this with a Robin Morningstar like singular focus yeah and hopefully it'll turn out a little better hopefully (laughs) yeah oh lord um is there anything else that we want to say about uh wonder boy the movie don't ever watch it (laughs) (laughs) you know what the good thing about youtube is you can watch movies at twice the speed which is that's (laughs) that's how i did my second watch i watched it the first time when I put the article together at normal speed, sort of taking breaks fairly regularly for self-care. Yeah. <laughs> but when I went to watch it again in preparation for this podcast, I watched it at twice the speed, and it's still arduous, but it's only 45 minutes. Yeah, hey, and we're, we all got to go sometime, so that's 45 <laughs> minutes of your life. That's hilarious that even uh, double speed doesn't fix the pacing problems. I... It's, it's because it's just such nonsense, like start to finish. You can't follow it. Yeah, yeah it re- just doesn't work. Right. Yeah, I, I really need you guys to understand, for my own sanity, <laughs> how disorienting watching Wonder Boy is. Um, if you want to experience it for yourself, um, again, you can get the link off of uh, Thor's article on geek.com. We'll link to it. Um, uh, don't operate heavy machinery for a few days afterward. <laughs> um, we got to find a link to that GeoCities website. Get on archive.org. <laughs> Let's uh, we'll call up our friends at Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Thor, is there any uh, anything that you want to sum up with? Uh, I'm glad you could come on this journey with me into the world of Wonder Boy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully if, if Robin Morn Actually, there's one thing I want to sum up with, and it's just I just uh, was looking into this Highlander thing a little bit more, and it looks like on October 6, 2010, Robin Morningstar posted to the official Highlander Facebook page. And mm-hmm. he wrote, Hi, I am being pursued by a Highlander mob about the size of the one that drove Connor from his village have had to try to lay low on Facebook and every other two-way web street accordingly. I see I'm a subject of discussion on the community forums. Hello, everyone. There are no responses. (laughs) Man, Highlander isn't real. (laughs) Sorry to tell you this. I love that he went to the official Facebook page to try to shitster and no one took the bait. I well, I for one can't wait for Wonder Boy Two, Wonder Boy in Demon World. <laughs> Wonder Boy Two, the Quickening. 
that might also actually be a better movie than Highlander 2. That's true. Yeah, yeah Highlander 2 is not good. Anyway, Wonder Boy. Catch good night, it. Wonder Boy. <laughs> <laughs>